This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined on Football CFB by a man who I've got a lot of admiration for. He achieved a lot on the football field, but he's also been a battler off the football field, as we'll talk about as well. I'm speaking to Mickey Thomas today. Mickey played for Wrexham Football Club uh, in the 1970s. He had a lot of success there in the Cup Winners' Cup, amongst other things. He moved to Manchester United under Dave Sexton, and he also had spells at historic clubs such as Everton, Chelsea, Derby County, Leeds United, among many others as well. A, way, a Welsh international, over 50 caps. Mickey, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. The, the first thing I want to, to ask you about, and I know it's been a really tough battle for you personally, but you were you were diagnosed with, with cancer in the last couple of years, and I know it was very severe, and you've spoken publicly about how difficult it was. How are things for you now and is your health in a good in a good place at the moment? Well obviously I'm still uh, um, having little bits of problem but um, I'm, I'm fighting it I'm doing well um, I've had massive uh, change inside my body obviously um, a lot taken out and obviously the cancer's gone now hopefully it doesn't come back but yeah I mean every day you know I wake up and obviously I think about it but you've got to move forward and you know it's been a tough battle for me um, of course um, I've lost most of my teeth at the bottom. I've got to get them put back in. My hearing's been affected with the chemotherapy. Um, lost a little bit of weight, but yeah, I'm I'm fighting back. I'm starting to be stronger. I'm, I'm much better as a time goes by. In situations like this that are really difficult, personally, how nice is it to have the sort of football family behind you? Because when the news went public, so many people were were in touch and, and wanted to to be there for you. Incredible. Um, response was amazing. You know, throughout the footballing world, you know, Sarah Ferguson called me, um, you know, reached me luck, and and I said, "You're a strong boy. You 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 can beat this." Um, you know, the likes of Brian Robson, Dennis Irwin, you know, Graham um, Sharp, uh, Kevin Ratcliffe, and all the former players I play with as well. Um, uh, throughout the footballing world, incredible. Chelsea, Stoke, um, you know, everyone sent me uh, best wishes and. Wish me uh, luck in my battle against this horrible disease, and it certainly gives me a big lift. It did at the time, and I'm grateful for that. And you know, and just ordinary people as well outside the game has been amazing. You know, the response I got was absolutely fantastic. In terms of yourself and your footballing career, you made an impact at such a young age. You make your debut for Wrexham at the age of of 17. I can see you smiling as I mentioned that there. I imagine you have very fond memories of Wrexham in that period where you were breaking into the team. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky. I got the early breakthrough, as, as you know, in football, you have to have a little luck along the way and maybe a little bit of break that goes your way. And there was a lot of injuries at Wrexham. I got into the side and I never looked back after that, really. Um, you know, I had some uh, wonderful time there, great, great games over the time I was there. Um, we got promoted to the second division, which is the championship now. So that's the highest they have ever been in, in the history of the club. And it was a, a good period because, you know, we were getting a lot of attention. A lot of managers were after me. 
I turned down quite a few teams before. Obviously, I couldn't say no to Manchester United, of course. So the teams like you know, Arsenal, Villa, and Tottenham were after me. Um, Sunderland, but I was quite happy where I was. But when Man United come knocking, you know, you can open that door. Absolutely. And before we come to United, what was it about that Wrexham team that made it so successful? You win the, the Welsh Cup, you play in the Cup Winners' Cup, you get promotion to the second division. What was it about John Neal that, that instilled that sort of giant-killing mentality in the FA Cup and even in domestic football too? Well, what it is, it's similar is what happened to Manchester United. A group of players came through at one time. You know, we had seven, eight players which were exceptional, really, really good players. Um, you know, outstanding. Joey Jones, my best friend in football today. Um, Graham Whittle, um, Bobby Shinton. They all came through at a period of time and we all gelled together. And it was a it was a great time because, you know, we had the great Bill Shankly coming over, Lou McCauley used to come when he played. The Man United used to come over and watch us. You know, we had a lot of people coming over. We were very entertaining. We played a great brand of football. The crowd, you know, was fantastic. It was, it was a great period. And uh, as I said, it was very enjoyable. And I loved it. During your time at the club, you break into the, the Welsh national team. How proud were you of that moment? Because a lot of times, as you know, even in football now, people assume you need to be playing at the, the, in the top flight to be considered. But you were doing so well that you were considered quite young as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, playing for your country, you know, that's what everyone wants to be uh, a Welsh international. I was, and that first game was Germany, you know, world champions, and back and back, the best player in the world, but he boxed the right back. You know, they had some great players on that side, and it wasn't a win for Wales, but I had an outstanding game that game, and uh, my first game. And I remember Terry Young sitting in the back with the former Leeds United and Tottenham player. He said to me, I've never seen you before. He said, Oh my God, he said, You're brilliant. And I got I got rave reviews, and obviously Dave Sexton was at that game, and that's where he took a, a big interest in me, and eventually signed me. You you mentioned Dave Sexton there, and you mentioned Manchester United, and the fact that you can't turn down United when they come in for you. What was your reaction when you heard of their interest? Was it excitement and a sense of right, I need to go there now, or did you try and weigh up the options? Because as you said earlier, there was a fair few teams wanted you. Well, yeah, I've turned down, as I said, lots of clubs. But um, obviously, when Man United come knocking, you're going to go, obviously. Um, it was an exciting time for me. You know, I was obviously getting radio news at Wrexham, a lot of interest with me. And when that phone call came from Arvin Griffiths on a Monday night um, at half ten at night, um, I don't know why I'm normally out at that time, but I, I got a call from the manager saying, Man United want, want to sign you. Um, you know, we want a bit more money for you, but you're going to sign for them. You'll play your last game against Leicester. Uh, at Dorbert Street, and then you'll sign for Man United on the Thursday. So that's what it went. Uh, played a game against Leicester, scored in the first half. I met the manager, Dave Sexton, after, and uh, he said, uh, I've been after you a long time. You've got a good left foot. Uh, my striker, Joe Jordan, Jimmy Green, up a, a little type of ball you can supply for them. Uh, I said, And how much do you want? And I went, oh, well, I don't want any money, I just want to be a footballer. And he goes, Well, I've never heard that before, but he looked after me uh, financially. and. Uh, I went into Old Trafford, uh, I'll never forget it, you know, with the press conference, lots of people there. I wasn't used to that. So I've already got the indication this is a different level, this is a different, you know, environment. Um, it was um, scary as well, because, you know, um, as a young kid growing up, I never had any real confidence. I uh, couldn't read or write, I struggled in school. Uh, but once I had a ball, I was a different individual. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, when, when I went to Old Trafford, it, it scared me. I don't mind admitting that. And uh, 
you know, it, 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 when there's periods where, you know, where you go out there and you have to perform. I was lucky in my first few games. My first game was Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Uh, we won that game and I made the uh, goal for Jimmy Greenough. And then we made my home debut against Tottenham Hotford in front of 58,000. And then singing your name, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I, I have to be brutally honest, you know, I found it difficult. You know, in today's modern game, probably I wouldn't have got to where I got because it's social media now so powerful and it can destroy you. Um, I was like within myself at Manchester United, I was a very nervous individual. Um, I found it difficult. I used to be the first player in training in the morning. Um, I was the last one to leave when everyone had gone. I go home and get a shower and I go home. Yeah, so I, I felt quite difficult because you have to perform. And, you know, I had some great games, no question about that. But the majority of things, I, I felt like intimidated because so much pressure. I think people don't understand. This is a different pressure where you wouldn't get anywhere else. You know what I mean? It's massive. And it's how you can, you know, control that and how you can, you can contend with it. Can you, can you handle it? And at times I found it difficult. Um, and it was it was tough at times for me. In terms of that first season, you helped United get to the FA Cup final. Just sum up the semi-final replay against Liverpool when you set up Greenhoff for his goal, because fans still talk about that moment to this day. Well, that was a great... Um, we had the first game at Man City round, uh, um, a two-all game that was. What a great game that was. We should have won that one, but they equalised Alan Hansen in the last uh, few minutes of the game. And they went back then to Liverpool, that was at Goodison Park, of course, and they were firm favourites. But, you know, we put on a great display that night. It was a tough game, no question. They had one of, what, three or four great chances. But we got the goal, and um, and what a goal it was, because that ball, as soon as I got the ball, I put it into the 18-yard box. And I don't think any other player would have scored it only for Jimmy Greenock. What a header that was. It bounced, he placed it perfect past the Ray Clemens. And when that whistle went, it's probably the best moment I had in my life, knowing that you're going to play in an FA Cup final. Growing up in the council estate in Moxford, where I was born, looking at the black and white TV, you know, picturing an FA Cup final. My dream was always to play in an FA Cup final, so I was going to get that opportunity. And what a way to do it to beat Liverpool, our fiercest rivals, you know, in Liverpool as well. It was absolutely, the atmosphere was incredible. Probably the best atmosphere in any game I've ever played in because it meant so much to me and it obviously the Man United fans that were there that day. In Great terms night. of in terms of Liverpool, you, you mentioned the fact that that is the game for Manchester United players and fans. Your record against Liverpool from a personal perspective was quite good. Did you did you just feel that that occasion suited you perfectly for whatever reason? Well, I, I think the first time I played against him, I mean, I did score against him at Old Trafford when we won them. They, they were great too. We, we, we ran him very close to the, um, to the title. Um, but the, the first game I felt, um, I felt really nervous in that game. And that, you know, we, didn't, we didn't win that game. And that, but but the, the next few games after that, I felt confident playing against Liverpool. And I got the you know, equalising goal at Old Trafford after Liverpool took an early lead. And then it was a, a winner again by Jimmy Green. I run if that is again. I scored in it. Uh, and yeah, the atmosphere of those games are different from any other game. I don't care what anyone says. You know, Liverpool, Man United, Man United, Liverpool, they are the biggest, they have the best history. Of course, City at the moment are trying to buy it, but, you know, I, I, I think that, that Liverpool's history in the United is incredible. In terms of getting to the FA Cup final, you mentioned earlier on that as a character, you could be quite nervous at times. 
going to Wembley, is that the sort of occasion that you relished or was that an occasion where the nerves set in for you? Well, in that game, obviously we were lost and obviously, obviously dying second of the game, but you know, on uh, BBC was Bob Paisley, on ITV was um, Brian Clough, and they both give me man of the match on both channels and that. But I remember walking up the tunnel because the players I played with, like the Lou McCoy and one, Sammy Mack, they'd been there before. This was my first time. So Prince Charles was going to get introduced to the crowd, to the team. So as I walked up the tunnel, I thought, well, I'm on my own now. I've got no way I've got to do it. And, you know, I, I enjoyed the game. I, we didn't deserve to lose that game. There's no question about that. It was a, it, it was a, it was a, a real um, bad way to lose any game. When you came back from 2-0 down and get the equaliser, great goal by Sammy McElroy. Uh, and to lose it in that fashion, it was, it was bad. But as I said, the experience and, and, and getting that opportunity was great. One player who you played alongside, I want to ask you about, um, because he's in the press, it's been in the press at the moment that he has um, dementia, and that is Gordon McQueen. He was an absolute rock for Manchester United and the clubs he played for. What was he like as a character? Because from the outside looking in, watching back at videos and interviews, he seems like a fiery guy. Yeah, big Gordon. I'll never forget, obviously, because it was quite interesting because he had a reputation of being very, very physical, strong. And uh, I seen that in his first game against Chelsea. Um, he gave the centre half, I think, a, a nice elbow. And then uh, we played at Derby, I think, the third or fourth game. We, we won 3 1 that day. And uh, they had a player called Alan Bailey. I think he's been a bit um, uh, aggressive towards Gordon. Gordon flattened him on the pitch. You know, no one's seen it. He put him on his backside and that. And you know, the referee came, What's happening? And this guy's you know, blood everywhere. Did Gordon. You wouldn't want to mess with him. And a great character to have in the dressing room as well. You know, um, you know, dressing room full of different individuals, different characters, aren't they? And that he was very, very um, obviously physically so big and that. And so he made a big impact in that dressing room. He wasn't scared of anything, you know. He was very, very confident in, in uh, going into games. That season, as you mentioned, the FA Cup, it's such a heartbreaking occasion. But in the league, you also push Liverpool very close. They win the league by two points. How frustrating is that when you look back that as a team, you got so close, but you just didn't get over the line? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they, there's no question Liverpool were the team at that, that period of time. You know, we were them very, very close. With it. I think our last game was at Ellen Road. We got, I think we lost that game to him or whatever. Um, but we give them a run for the money, you know, head-to-head, we did well against them. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, but as I go back to what I said about football, you, know, you have to have a bit of luck in football or a lucky break, whatever. And then, you know, you can win things and that. But it wasn't going to be our period. It wasn't going to be our time. We have to wait for Sarah Ferguson to do that. <laughs> in terms of your manager, Dave Sexton, um, not a lot of people who are younger, younger generation, I mean, here, maybe talk about Dave and maybe reflect on his time in charge because they're so used to growing up with Sir Alex Ferguson. They're so used to the sort of managers who've come after Sir Alex Ferguson. What was Dave Sexton like as a manager and how did he manage the group of players? Because as we've just said, he, he did get very close. Well, yeah, I think if you ask any former player that played for him, you know, they wouldn't have a bad word against him. You know, he's very thorough in what he did. He was, a, I think, a modern-day manager, I think, the way he, you know, trains every day. And I, again, you know, a little bit of luck, you know, it could have been a different story for Dave Saxon, you know, um, the FA Cup final and losing the league by two points, you know. So, yeah, I mean, people say it wasn't great football, but you can name the 11 players that I played with, they were great team, great players. 
You know, Sammy McIlroy, former Busby player, Stevie Coppel on the right wing and that, Joe Jordan, you know, Gordon McQueen, you know, Arthur Oberson, the fullback Jimmy Greenoff, uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Greenoff and Jimmy Nickel. Great players, you know, so that, that, that was not a bad 11. You know, we had some great games and that, but as I said now, um, it's all about winning trophies, isn't it? Of course, as a player, you want to win trophies, but I mean, if it comes your way, great. If it doesn't, I'm not bothered. I've still enjoyed my career by playing, you know, football. That the game I loved as a young kid. We mentioned Wales earlier on. I've got to mention this, and I promise English listeners I'm not mentioning it because I'm a Scot. Um, you, you beat uh, England 4 1 at Wrexham, you scored in the match. Is that the best game you've ever played for your country? Well, I think, um, you know, to beat England, because everyone wants to beat them, not maybe more so Scotland. But yeah, I think um, getting the goal in the game, um, equaliser, um, and to score four against them, it was a great, was a great game. Um, England had some great players. Uh, they were missing Brian Robson. That might have been a different story, because you know, without doubt, he was England. Um, yeah, I, I think um, it was a, probably a great day, but even the best of life celebrated after. That was magnificent. And in terms of um, your Manchester United career, how do you look back on it now with the beauty of hindsight? Well, I look back and wish I could have had someone that could have looked after me because, you know, in my day about pressure, it wasn't identified. You know, if I, you can imagine I walked in the dressing room and said to the player, well, I'm nervous, I can't handle it. They laughed at me. You know, um, I had to keep that within myself. So over the years, I've been commentating on Man United and, that, and that's why I mentioned social media. You know, players listen to what being said these days. You know, it's so much installed, you know, on everywhere you go. So, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I look back. I mean, I wish I could have, you know, stayed there longer, but I felt I needed to go. I felt the pressure was too great for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky now. I, I've worked there now for the last, what, 24 years, 25 years, and I'm, I feel confident there now. But as, as a player, as I said, going into that environment different from Wrexham, it was like, wow, what's, what's going on here? And in terms of your career after United, you, you join Everton initially, then you, you joined Brighton and Hove Albion not too uh, long after that. W- what was that first year post-United like? Was it hard to settle because you were maybe subconsciously still thinking about United? Well, things happened so fastly for me. I know, obviously, I had a, a, a how we can great Everton manager of all time. Um, and what I did was wrong. I didn't turn up the reserve game. Um, I didn't think I needed a reserve game. I didn't think I needed that. I want to go straight back into the team. So an argument developed and I did, did it. I mean, yeah, no alternative to get rid of me. Um, so I took a private jet to um, uh, Gatwick Airport. Uh, landed there and they offered me lots of money. I didn't really want to sign, but after three or four bottles of wine after I did sign and uh, I thought, what have I done? Yeah, but yeah, that, they, they were quick. Um, I was starting to build a reputation of being a bit mad, you know, so Man United, not many people want to leave there. Then you go to Everton, then I go to Brighton, um, and then I go to Stoke, which are, you know, they, they stabilised me. Um, and a good period there, so, uh, finished 15 goals or whatever in one season, double figures. I played the season. Yeah, so I, I only missed one game there. So, yeah, I just want to play football. I mean, we're all different, aren't we? As you, as you well know, you meet people all, all over the world, and we're all different. We're, not, we're all human beings, aren't we? We all have feelings and that. And people, you know, sometimes don't understand that. When you see on that football pitch, you think, you know, nothing's wrong with you. But you don't know what's inside going on, you know. And and just on that, was part of the reason that you joined Chelsea, who were second division at that time, 
because of John Neal and the fact that he had such a good impact on you when you were at Wrexham initially that it just made sense for you to work with him again and get that spark back into your game and the happiness, really? Well, it's time you could shout to John Neal because he knew what I you know, could provide for the, for, for the team and that, and uh, that was a very good period for me. Um, we got promotion, never lost in 22 games or 21, got promotion back into the big time. So that was a very good period for me. Um, I, I enjoyed that. But my stay didn't last, you know, I think 18 months. And John Neal had a bad illness, so he had to leave. And they got a new manager, John Hollins, and he wanted me to move down to London. And that wasn't in my contract. So he said, if you don't move, you won't be playing. I said, well, I won't be playing because I'm not moving down. I, I want to travel like I've done all the time. But uh, that, that was the end of it for me at Stamford Bridge. I loved playing for Chelsea as well. I had a great period of time there. Uh, got on well with the fans. Um, yeah, good. It, it was a good time, and, and you talked about the impact. You scored goals. I mean, you scored two in your debut, and the club gets uh, promoted, which was the, the key aim for Chelsea. What was the, the sort of second division of the championship, as we know it now, like back then? Because as, as I've just mentioned with Chelsea, and when you go back a couple of decades previous, you obviously had Liverpool, and even in the, the 70s, you have United in there for a season. It would seem like a tough league where some very big clubs could, could go into it. Well, Leeds United were in the division, weren't they, of course, and Sheffield Wednesday were a great team. But, uh, they, they ran us for the title that year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's some great games there, but, you know, the objective is to get to the, to the higher level possible. So, yeah, I mean, we did it first time um, when I got there. Um, yeah, the second division was some tough playing at Cambridge. That wasn't a very nice place to go and play, but yeah, you have to go there and win games. And, and, and that's what we did along the way. We had 21 games and... We, we won them all. I think it was you three or four, but we won most of them. After Chelsea, you, you go to West Brom, you have a spell at Derby, and then you head to the States. I'm interested to get your perspective on life in America. What was that like for you, and how did it come about? Well, I was in um, playing for Wales in Ireland, and um, Owen Hand, uh, I think it was, um, that pronounced his name right. He um, asked me whether I like, play in America. And I was at West Bromwich Albion at the time and um, I, I wasn't going to be playing there because one son took over and uh, he wanted me to move again because I wouldn't do that. So, um, yeah, and I thought, yeah, I had a few other teams after me, but I thought, yeah, why not? I try it. It's completely different from what I've you know, imagined. I've gone there, indoor soccer, uh, 10,000 sold out every game. Um, but it was a game that you couldn't have any contact. It's like the modern game now. You would get, I was getting sent off all the time. Every game, I was getting ejected from the game. Um, so I remember we played in the semi-final and we got beat. Charlie Cook, the great Chelsea uh, player, he was manager. And we come in the dressing room and he goes, you've got sent off again. And I went, yeah, in a real game, I wouldn't have got sent off. And these American players are looking at me, what's that about? I mean, a, a real game. Because in our game, in my period, in that back home, it's physical contact. Um, but you couldn't even touch anyone. So... Yeah, I decided that was enough and uh, I got back on the plane and come back home. You, you come back home, as, as you say, um, you, you play for Shrewsbury, there's a brief spell at Leeds, you return to, to Stoke and although it was a tough period for Stoke, you win Player of the Year there and, and at the age that you were at, coming towards the sort of um, latter years of your career, how proud does that make you to think that People, when they get into your mid-30s, you know what it's like. People start to say, oh, his legs have gone or he's not got much left in him. But a Player of the Year award certainly shuts a few people up, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, I was lucky when I came back to Hugh, we were in the second division, as I said, and it was a good division, some big teams in there. And uh, I, I played every game except one. Um, we played Leeds United last game of the season and uh, we, we lost the game, but I came in uh, into the dressing room, had a shower. And as I was going home, I thought, oh, I left my bag in the dressing room. So I went back in the dressing room. As I came out, the assistant manager, the mechanism for Leeds United, give us a ring at Old Trafford. I don't know, we went, me, give you a call. He goes, yeah. Now, don't forget, I'm getting 36 years old, really. Uh, so I, I went home and I thought, okay. So I phoned up and the conversation went like this. I said, um, can I speak to the manager, Howard Wilkinson? I goes, that Mickey? I go, yeah, I'll get him now for you, Mickey. And uh, Howard Wilkinson gets on the phone. Michael Sonny says, ah, how do you fancy playing for Leeds United? And my, um, obviously, reaction wasn't that good. I said, um, <laughs> you're effing joking, aren't you? I said, you, you've slaughtered me as a player. No, I've loved you as a player. He says, you always used to do well against so I hate you because you, you know, and I've had you watched all season. Come and sign for Leeds United. We're going to sign Vinnie Jones and that, you know, we've got Gordon Strack in here and that. We're going to sign John Henry, Jim Begman. So I went over to uh, Allen Road and they gave me a good contract. I signed. Um, I had three games from, or four games from, but I got injured in the warm uh, in the warm up game about two weeks before the season. I did my knee in there. I thought something's wrong here. I ended up having three operations in a year, so my time at league was cut short for two injury. But yeah, no, I went on to um, Stoke. Had a great time there with Alan Ball, the great Alan Ball. I wonder, you know, one of my heroes growing up as a kid. Yeah, it was, it was a great time, and I'm, I'm still enjoying my football, still playing. You know, I might have been getting on in years, but I was still getting out there, you know, and, and having a game of football, and, and obviously the crowd obviously pleased with what I was performing. I wasn't played here that year. It, it goes full circle for you, and, and I have to be honest with you as a football fan, I'm quite romantic with football, and I like it when a player makes their name at a club and they finish there as well. You go back to Wrexham. How was it second time around? How did you find it when you returned? Well, obviously, my you know, my fitness was probably still there, but not as it was when I was younger. But you know, I joined them when they were 92nd in the league. They they, they were the year like before that. So I joined them. Uh, they were going nowhere really, and we were just playing through the season. weren't really in contention for the um, for the promotion, and then we get an FA Cup draw, um, which was probably going to save the club. And make them a fortune. Uh, um, I think the biggest team we could have drawn at the time also were league champions. Wrexham were 92nd, so we drew them. And as you well know, and I think everyone knows, the history of the FA Cup is, is every year someone gets beat, shock happens. And that Arsenal game was going to be Wrexham. Um, we never had a chance. They were firm favourites, they were batteries. Uh, 1 0 at half time. Uh, it looked like they were going to get 6 and 7. And uh, I mean, we, we came into the second half, but they switched off a little bit. And uh, we got a free kick with about eight or ten minutes to go. And I put the ball down and I said to Wayne Phillips, um, pass me the ball. I said, I'm going to hit it. Then I said, no, don't do that. Because on a, on a Thursday in training, I took a five-yard run-up and hit this free kick. It didn't hit the target, but it had so much power. I thought, I'll try the same process. And we had two players in the wall. My job is to aim for them, so they'll move out of the way. So I've hit this ball, as you well, if you hit a golf shot, you know, as soon as you know, this is going somewhere. And I struck it, I'm right behind it, I can see it going right top, right in corner. And goalkeeper David Seaman, a great goalkeeper, barely gets a touch on it, it's going bang, back of the net. Then we get the winning goal. 
And then, you know, uh, we, you can imagine 15,000 packed into the race course ground. The celebration was going on. It took me about, I would say, seven, eight minutes to get off the pitch. So as I'm walking down the tunnel, I had a Repsol dress and go with David Seaman. And I thought, oh my God. Because before the game, I asked him for the goalkeeping because of my son, thinking that was the only thing we were going to get. So as I'm getting closer, I said, David, I said, I can't believe you're still here. So you're probably the you know, biggest shock in Epic Cup history, biggest humiliation. I said, you're still here. He goes, hey, I promise you the gloves to your son. Here they are. He said, it don't work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that, that was amazing. And Arsenal took that quite well. People um, at, the, at that period of time, people um, said they were a bad loser, but they came in the dressing room and wished us all the best and that, you know. It, yeah, it was, it was a great game. And honestly, as I said, I was getting on the years. It, it, was, it is every year you get that goal shown on BBC. I'm made up about that. It keeps me alive. Well, I think what I love about that moment as well for, for you, Mickey, and, and for, for Wrexham as a club is you look at the FA Cup now and you sometimes get a big shock, but there's the age-old excuse, ah, the rest of the players. Arsenal that day, Seaman, Dixon, Winterburn, O'Leary, Adams, Rowcastle, Campbell, Smith, Merson, just some of the names on the team sheet. I mean, when you look back at that and what they achieved as a group of players in 89 and what they achieved afterwards, it must make it all the sweeter when you when you look back at it now as well. Yeah, yeah without doubt. I mean... Um... I only watch the goal now about three hundred times a day. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great time. And as I said, you know, in football, it happens, doesn't it? And uh, it's not very nice when it happens to you. But yeah, that that day will never forget for Wrexham, all the fans, whoever were there that day. Um, you know, we went round, we went round the world. That result, it, it, it shook the world. It was amazing. What, what you must also love about it is the fact that match of the day during the first lockdown, um, Ian Wright, Alan Shearer, Gary Lineker, they were picking their top tens out and that goal gets into their top 10 FA Cup goals of all time. So and that just shows you how highly regarded the goal is and the fact it was in, in a game like that is even better. Yeah, it's nice that to get, you know, obviously some recognition for it. And that I mean, I do feel sorry for the guy that scored the winner, Steve Watkin, because <laughs> uh, he never gets a mention. <laughs> Because my goal was spectacular, then that's why they play that goal. You know, people like seeing that type of goal on the TV screen. So uh, that's probably why I do get the, the, the more uh, the glory than what he should have got. In terms of yourself and, and, and life after football, when did you decide for sure it was time to, to, to stop playing? Um, because even as you, as you mentioned, you were getting into your late 30s, but you were still producing those moments and your level of fitness, as you said, was still of a good level. Well, I think any player um, you know, before me or after me will never like the day when it comes. You know, you're thinking that, well, this is, this is it now, I can't continue. Um, it's a sad thing for any footballer because, you know, that's when your life is probably more or less ending than some people um, find it very difficult to retire. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but as I said, you know, um, it, it's something that you have to accept. And, that. and I've, I've done well in the media. Um, obviously, the last couple of years you know, with my condition with cancer, um, I'm, I'm obviously struggling, but I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting back into there once I can get my teeth put back in, get my hearing sorted out, and I'll, I'll, I'll be better. But yeah, I've had a tough two years, but yeah, I think after football, like everyone else in, in the game, it, it's something that you don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen sometime, and it's how you want to do it, really. And that, yeah, but as I said, it, it's uh, 
it's something that you've got to react to better. Was you know, um, I've had my problems off the pitch as well, though. So uh, that um, that was an experience. I don't want to go through it again. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I said you just got to keep moving on. I'm positive now. I mean, you know, and as I said, as a kid, I wasn't that confident, uh, but now I've, I've got my confidence back, and um, I feel um, you know more. What I can walk into a room now without anyone with me. I used to be scared of doing that. Yeah. I'm happy now. I mean, obviously, as you've said, we won't go into the issues off the pitch, but does it make you proud that you've managed to overcome the issues that you had when you just retired to build a strong career in the media, to work for Manchester United covering games? Because the one thing I would say to you, Mickey, about what happened off the pitch is not a lot of people would have the desire and hunger to come back for that and make it make life a success again, but you were able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I had some good um, conversations with him soon as uh, Peter Reid and uh, Ben Holland, the England manager at the time. They were very good to me in that. I mean, and, and Peter Reid was brilliant as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, everyone makes mistakes, don't they, you know? And uh, I, yeah, I think um, I, I think what I've had in my career is that I have contact with people. I've always been accessible. I've always you know, talked to a football fan and that. Um, probably indulged a little bit too much after the game, but yeah. I've always enjoyed that part of the connection. And I think I've got that relationship with a football fan and that, you know, and I did a, a few radio shows and that, you know, in, in Manchester. Um, I've, I've done a lot of work over the years on TV with Tim Lovejoy and Soccer I Am. So, um, you know, they, they brought me back from, you know, from the gutter, really. When you look at it overall, you won the third division at Wrexham. You get to an FA Cup final, close to winning the what we now call the Premier League. You win the second division as well. Individual Player of the Year awards, over 50 caps for your country. A goal in the top 10 of all time in the FA Cup. Not too bad, is it? No, I mean, obviously, people say if you don't win things, you're not a good player. And that, but, you know, George Best never got to a World Cup. You know, Stephen Gerrard never won the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of top teams and a lot of money's always wanted to sign me. You know, at an international level, I could have played a lot more than than 50 games and what I did. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy with my career. I'm happy with that. Um, I've got a lot of respect in the game uh, from people that played it and people that watched it. Um, that gives me great, you know, um, confidence in that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. I really am. I mean, I've had some great games over the years. Yeah, I've, I've had the, the opportunity to play for the biggest club in the world in Manchester United in my eyes. Um, yeah, I, I've been lucky. I, I started off at a very young age and I said, you know, not being able to redirect, going to Wrexham as a 15-year-old boy, standing there, never dreaming what was going to happen, what was going to happen to me. But I worked hard. And one thing I, I can put my hand on my heart and say, no one could outrun me. No one could beat my fitness. I was dedicated to being a fitness on that football pitch. You know, that's why the modern game today for me, is, you know, for a football fan, which I am now, is that I find it so hard to take that, you know, the art of, you know, you can't make a challenge now, you can't raise your foot slightly, the passion is being taken out of it. The fans want to see you go for that ball. It might be a bad challenge, it might be whatever you get punished, but VAR and that now is it, it, changing the whole game for the wrong reasons for me. Okay, you want to get the right decisions week in, week out, but the way it's gone and the way it's going, it's damaging football. Can you imagine being in the ground now with VAR and you celebrate the goal and you have to wait two or three more minutes, you know, get that taken away from you maybe? Yeah, you want to get the right decision, but, you know, I would go back to being a normal referee in that because VAR for me, 
is taking it out for me, the passion that I want to see for my players. You know, the art of challenging. There's not a rule book that says you can't challenge for the ball. You go and, go and win that ball. You can't move now. You have to you get you can't even put the arm behind the back of that now to get the handle on the ball. It's absolutely pathetic. Sorry to be so aggressive for that. Yeah, but I, I just think it's so upsetting that the way the game going is taking it away from the football fan. I want to see my team, my players fighting for that ball, not putting their hands behind their back and I didn't can't put a challenge. That's not football. Go back to what it was. Go back to you know, playing the, the proper game. Absolutely. And I, and I love that passion because I was literally going to finish up by asking you your opinion in the modern game, but you, you've summed it up perfectly. And and I agree with that. I think you're, you're right. I can understand why they brought VAR in, but the delays, the offsides have been a, a disgrace. In all honesty, there's a recent games as well. It's, it's just, it's gone too far. I think the goal line technology made sense. It's quick. The referee gets the... They, they get the notification, you can move on, but I, I totally agree with you. And the last thing I want to say, Mickey, is genuinely thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I'm glad that your health is improving. And as you've said, you're, you're gradually building up to what you were. And I look forward to seeing you back in the media and at Old Trafford again, doing what you do best very soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, sir. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave Shells will all be open They'll be filled with song They'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song They'll be filled with song